0: Morning, Bill. Um, wondering uh, what you see. What you see as the uh, biggest challenges when determining uh, how best to defend the tight end running back matchup. I, I asked because last night um, Indianapolis uh, had a good deal of success with Ebron, Swope, and, and Hines, and I guess you had uh, Chung on Hines quite a bit. And um, I'm just wondering what goes into that decision as the game goes along.
1: Uh, well, I'd say first of all, uh, it's you know you're defending the whole offense. You're not just defending one guy, so you have to take a look at your total um, and all your matchups and all the um, you know all the things you have to take in consideration in stopping an offensive unit like the Colts, which is is pretty efficient and pretty potent. Um, yeah, you know, Hines. I mean, he had 45 yards receiving, so it was what it was. Um, But yeah, I mean, those other guys are they're good players, and you know, we had different matchups depending on what the call was and where our help was and what uh, defensive grouping we were in. I mean, it was mostly a a multiple defensive back game, um, so. But they're big targets with a good quarterback and and a lot of other weapons um, you know, the receivers are a problem too so you just try to do the best you can to defend all of it you know you just can't stop one guy There's, you know too many other guys out there
0: and how valuable is is Patrick I know you've said this on multiple occasions before, but uh, his ability to defend different uh, different uh, opposing players uh, in different positions even different sizes. Um that is uh it seemed like it was a big factor again last night, his ability to cover different types of players
1: yeah no he's he's very good um you know pet's you know quick he's instinctive, he's a smart player, um really good tackler, so that's key you know part of that. I mean, I think when you look overall at Hines' production, I mean he caught seven balls with one interception. So, you know, it's he, he certainly had, had a little bit of production there. Let's say a lot of guys that had had more production than he did last night. I mean, I thought we did a reasonably good job on him. There was, there was a, sure. that. well, uh, that's
0: well, no, that and I, I was asking the question because it looked like, you know, he had a lot of catches but not a lot of yards, and I, I guess that kind of speaks to Pat's ability to tackle in space and, and hold the yards down.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there were a lot of plays in this game that were similar to the uh, concepts that we we saw in, in the Super Bowl from uh, Clement. Uh, so a lot of wheel routes, a lot of, you know, similar type of game plan. And so Hines... who's who's a very good player. I'm not taking anything away from him, just saying his production last night wasn't, you know, I think close to what, you know, what Philadelphia had in the Super Bowl running those type of routes. So, um, but again, there was, you know, some issues other other places. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Next question,
0: Andrew Callahan, followed by Mike Reese.
1: Uh, Good morning, Bill. You know, looking ahead to these uh, next few days, understanding the players have the time off, what's the schedule like for your staff and does it allow for any time for self-scouting like you might have during a full bi-week? Uh, yeah, we self-scout every week. So that's, um, we, we try to stay on top of that every week. Sometimes you have a little more time, you do a little bit more of it. But, yeah, you know, we, we try to, we're definitely aware of our tendencies every week and, um, you know, where our production's good and where it's, it's not as good, and do we need to change something or get rid of something or add more of something that's that's being productive for us? And, you know, we know that our opponents are studying our tendencies every week, so we don't want to go into a game and have an obvious tendency that we're not, not aware of. Um, so, but yeah, look, this, this is a Thursday game to a Sunday game, um, you know, it's just not the same. I mean, you know, we've had... Two games in five days. Um, everybody's tired. Uh, everybody worked hard the last five days. Uh, then play a late, you know, late night game. Uh, honestly, it takes you a couple days to kind of get your feet back on the ground after a game like that. Uh, just because you put so much into it in the Monday to Thursday, there was no, no chance at all after the game to have any kind of, you know, catch your breath. I mean, you just, you know, get right off punch trail. Treadmill and mill and mill, and jump onto another one, and, and it's already going pretty fast. So um, definitely takes a couple of days, I think, for everybody to kind of you know unwind and kind of get your feet back under you and catch your breath. And then by that time, uh, it's Sunday, and, and now you're starting to get ready for Kansas City. So it's you know it's 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 not exactly like having like these two days today and tomorrow, or just Feeling like normal after a game. It's it's been a lot, been packed in the last five days.
0: Our next question, Mike Reese, followed by Chris Price.
2: Um, <clears throat> Bill, going back to the start of the second quarter, um, on that second and one run by Sony at the goal line, um, how 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 much of a consideration are you thinking there? Eh, do I challenge that? At that time, knowing you got another play coming up after, but maybe not, who knows what you're going to see on a review? Like, uh, how, you know, what's the consideration there as you're processing that as it's unfolding?
1: Um, Well, I think the main thing is whether or not you think you can win the challenge. If you think you can win the challenge, then you challenge it. If you don't, then. You know, then you wouldn't challenge it. I mean, regardless of where the ball is. Uh, I'd say the replay that I saw on the play—it's—it looks like the ball may be across the goal line. The question is whether his knees down or not. Um, it's hard to tell. There's a ton of bodies in there. It's similar to the to the play to um, you know that that was kind of taken back to the one yard line there at the end of the game that Indianapolis had. So, angle that. The angle that I saw, and then I asked up in the booth from the coaches, they said the same thing. The angle wasn't, you know, clear. Again, there was no goal line shot. Maybe it was a goal line shot, but we didn't see it. Uh, and so, if you're not sure, then, you know, depending on the magnitude of the play, if you're not sure about the play, and it's a, it's a critical play, it's a game changing type play, then maybe you take a shot at it. If it's, you don't feel it's that, and then you're just challenging for, the sake of and then you know there's a cost of that so
2: yeah and then just out of curiosity just going back through it at the end of the second quarter after at the last drive there right before steven's 45 yard field goal um you would you like to see that clock come down a little bit more you know before taking the time out um is that like uh I just sorta of, I'm I'm always curious of like the game management stuff. I remember I think the timeout came and then it sorta of set up I think seventeen seconds left. Is that would you like to see like that with five seconds left or six seconds? So there's no, you know, ensuing kickoff or any plays for the other you know, for them. On the back? uh yeah, pause
1: depending on what you're trying to do, yeah, possibly.
0: question will be uh, Chris Price followed by Doug Kai. Bill, uh, good morning. I'd I'd be interested to get your take on this. You kind of alluded to this a little bit, but it's not just two games in five
1: days, but three games in 12 days. Uh, I would be curious to get your opinion on how your team has handled that condensed stretch. I know every team in the league has to go through it, but a lot of times it seems like these stretches can really kind of provide a, a, a bit of a window into the, the, the mental and physical makeup of the team. And I trace the, what you think of how your team handled the stretch. Well, I thought they, they handled it well last week. I thought we had you know, the, a short amount of time we had to prepare. I thought our players were focused and, and did a good job on it. Um, were we as well prepared as we would have been on a Sunday game? No. Was Indianapolis? No. Um, so it's it is what it is. It's a short week, um, very compressed time to prepare. Um, you know, there's some things that came up in the game, probably for both sides, both teams. That uh, had it been a little bit of a different week, might have might have been executed better. Um, but you know, it's the same for both teams. It is what it is. So you just go ahead and roll with it. I mean, I don't think you know, I think those games come along once a year. Uh every team has one. You get through it and you move on. And that's I'd say that's where we're at right now. I think there's a lot of things that come up in a week like that that um going back and over analyzing it right now, I don't know how productive that is. You know, we're not gonna have another Thursday game this year. Um so and there's some schematic things, obviously, we'll, like, we can improve on and learn from. them. I'm not saying that, but just the overall, you know, schedule of the last, as you said, uh, whatever it is, however many days it is, 12 days or something. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, look. Every team in the league has one of those, so you you deal with it the way you deal with it and do the best you can. And and the next one we're going to have is sometime next year. Thanks. And our last two questions will be
0: Doug Kite, followed by Phil Perry. Hang on. Sorry, Doug. Hang on one second. Try that again. Uh, Doug Kite, followed by Phil Perry. Good morning, Bill. Uh, Hey, good morning. We've seen Danny Outling traveling with the team. He's on the field during warm-ups and on the sideline during games. Is he a guy who you've maybe given some special projects to while he spends a year on the practice squad?
1: Uh, I'm sorry, who was that?
0: Oh, uh, Danny Etling.
1: Oh, yeah, Danny, yeah. Um, uh, Well, I mean, he plays a position that, um, you know, there are a lot of things that happen during a game uh, that are different than the way they are talked about in a meeting room or in a walkthrough or, you know, settings like that. It's just, you know, part of the whole experience and, um so forth. So um, he he does some things for us during the game and I also think uh there's an opportunity for him to um, you know, to learn and and see see things at real game speed and you know in live action the way the way they happen in the game, the way the way we have to play the game. So uh we talk about a lot of things in in the meeting about how we're gonna how we're going to do this or how we're going to do that, um, but sometimes in game situations it plays out a little bit differently for one reason or another, uh, or things get changed for one reason or another, and just having full understanding of the process, I think, is you know, it's a good experience for players at that position. Great, thank you. Um, you're welcome. And the last question, would be Phil Perry. Thanks, Casey.
2: Bill, I'm just curious, as far as you know, how consistent are scramble drill techniques for receivers across offensive systems? Are the rules pretty standard everywhere, or are there complications depending on the system? And if there are, um, you know, whether it's based on the system or the game situation, if there are some complications,
0: how encouraging
2: was it to see Gordon handle that situation the way he did on his touchdown
1: last night? Oh Yeah, Phil, I I really can't tell you what everybody else is doing. I think you'd have to talk to other teams. I I can't. I don't know exactly how other teams are coaching those type of plays. Um, But I would say fundamentally I would imagine that everybody has a certain set of guidelines um, because you don't know exactly who's going to be where on a particular route. And. If you end up in a certain place to where the quarterback's scrambling or away from where the quarterback's scrambling and depending where you are on the field, then, you know, you probably have a basic rule or basic guideline of what, what you want to do, what you should do. Um, so the quarterback at least knows kind of what the second route's going to be. Uh, and then from there, you know, I think a lot of quarterbacks probably have their own individual preferences, um, coaches. Probably have some of their own preferences. Sometimes those get merged together, or one overrides the other, depending on circumstances, and then uh, it goes from there. So I think that's probably how it gets put together. Um, again, in our case, we, you know, we have I'd say an element of all those. Uh, so each one's different and. You want to try to help the quarterback, uh, not hurt them, and so the receiver is doing the right, the best thing they can do in that situation. I shouldn't say the right thing, even just the best thing, to try to create the best opportunity and option uh, for the quarterback, who's already plays broken down to a certain extent. Um, then that's those are the guidelines that we ask them to follow. You know, it's honestly, no different than uh, you know. Punt coverage or a punt return or a kickoff return. I mean, you can draw lines on a piece of paper, but when the game starts and the play happens, the, the displacement of the players um, and where the ball is kicked and so forth—it's—it's it's guidelines. It's um, nobody's exactly where the where the lines drawn on a piece of paper, um, and then you follow your rules or uh, concepts that you've taught in those. Those type of reactionary plays um, that try to pull it all together. You you coach those concepts so that uh, players can adjust to a you know a flowing, a free flowing type of play or free flowing type of situation. It's a lot, and I'm sure it's similar to hockey and basketball and lacrosse and sports like that, where there aren't very many set plays, so to speak, um, and a lot of it's just movement based on space and where the ball is and which way the ball is moving and so forth. So there's some general principles involved there.
0: Thank you, Coach. Got it. Thank, Thank you.
1: you. Okay. Yep. You're welcome.